The Denver Nuggets lead the Western Conference. How did they get there? We got to tap into Nikola Jokic. We're having, it seems like a different iteration of the Joker than what we've seen before, especially from a dominant standpoint. And we also got to tap into the Denver Nuggets bench. What is the solution and how do they arrive at the best bench combination without Jamal Murray? We'll be right here on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Nuggets, your team every day. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. This is your host, Swiper, ready to tap in with another day talking about the Denver Nuggets and the reigning NBA champion. Sometimes you just got to say it to remind yourself of that fact. This has been a really interesting season so far. There have been a lot of high moments, a lot of dominant games and stretches played by the Denver Nuggets through the first 11 games of the year. Obviously, Jamal Murray going out for the rest of the month of November has been the low moment, but there's been a lot to celebrate. And I think one of the things that's most interesting is that going into this season, we all knew that Joker had it in him to have a dominant postseason run. We all knew that Joker had a dominant, high-scoring regular season run in the 21-22 season when he averaged 27.1 points a game. But I think the thing that's adjusted now is that Joker has seemingly moved himself into a different stratosphere in his regular season play. Now, a lot of people were speculating that his numbers were indeed going to stay low, around 24, 25 points per game over the course of the regular season because he doesn't want to exert that much energy. But this is what I want to contend. Now, let me read this to you because these stats for me have been mind-blowing. If you look at Jokic so far this season without Jamal Murray, Jokic is averaging 34.5 points per game, 16 rebounds per game, 9.3 assists per game, and he is shooting 51% from the field, just 26% from three without Jamal Murray. He's shooting 84% from the free throw line, and he's doing this on nine attempts a game. Joker is also a plus 34 in these games without Jamal Murray. He's been a plus in every single game that he's played. And again, that's 35, 16, and nine in the four games without Jamal Murray. And you know what's interesting is I've had to ask myself, how sustainable is this for Joker? Is this something that he can maintain and carry throughout the rest of the entire season? Now, Nikola Jokic on the year is averaging 30 points, 13.9 rebounds, 8.4 assists, 65% true shooting. He's averaging one steal a game, 0.7 blocks per game, and again, shooting 33% from three because he has absolutely dropped over the last several games. He's shooting 80% at the line now, and he's shooting 58% from the field. So Joker has maintained a level of play that is just not necessarily normal with how he used to play. And over the course, uh, even this run without Jamal Murray or in the course of November, 
Joker's averaging 7.6 free throws a game. His free throw attempts are steadily going up uh, because he seems to be targeting the line a lot more um, than what he used to do. And I think he's just getting even better at getting these foul calls and baiting people in the foul calls. And, y'all, the thing that's most interesting about all this is typically Joker has a pretty low usage, like not even a top 30 usage over the course of a regular season run. But Joker's usage right now is at a 33.1, which is good for fifth in the NBA. It's good for fifth in the NBA. So that is like getting Joker into above playoff level usage because without Jamal Murray, the responsibility has gone up. And again, the numbers are great. The numbers are mind-boggling. The efficiency is also elite. A 65 true shooting on uh, 30 points a game. That's great. And, it, and especially since that Joker can't hit his three-pointer right now as he's been in a little bit of a slump the last three games or so. But I think the thing that makes this very unique for me is that Joker seems to be able to maintain this well. Now, obviously, the shot is not there. He's clearly trying to find a shot. He's clearly trying to give his best effort to get the shot going. Because sometimes you just miss, you know, shooting and basketball is a mental thing. But I think the thing that is giving me hope that Joker can sustain this is that he's doing this all within the same kind of uh, shooting context that he normally has, meaning that he's still getting his attempts at the rim. He's still getting high quality push shots and floaters. He's still getting the nice mid-range shots off the little pin downs that they've run for him with uh, typically it would be Jamal Murray, but it's from Colin Gillespie, Jalen Pickett, Reggie Jackson, and then he gets the ball floating around going into the shot and getting the mid-range shot at the free throw line. You know, Joker is still taking very high-quality shots. It's just that I think without Jamal Murray, he's been asked to do a lot more from a ball handling standpoint, and his touches have also seemingly gone up as well. And but again, the numbers are again outstanding. Joker currently has a box plus minus of 14.3, which is basically an accumulative stat showing you your production on both sides of the ball. That's an all-time high in, in his NBA history. Nikola Jokic has a PER of 34.1, all-time high in NBA history. He has a win share for 48, a 0.333, which is the second highest mark in NBA history while averaging 30 on 65 true shooting while averaging 14 rebounds and while averaging 8.4 assists as well so when you put all these numbers in context with how he's been playing i think people should be really encouraged but i think people just need to really just celebrate what it is they're watching you know we're, we're potentially watching one of the 10 best players in nba history Elevate himself to a point where I think dominance is to be expected. Dominance is to be assumed. And I think, like, one of the cool things that's been happening with the way that Joker had been playing is that he's doing this all at his own pace. And I think what it's doing is, like, it's communicating that at age 28, there's a level that he has reached as a basketball player. There's a level that he has reached as an athlete. And as an IQ level player that I think it's just separating him from a lot of his contemporaries around the NBA. And a lot of this is being reflected in how good the Nuggets have been on both sides of the ball when he's been in the game. I mean, they're functioning as a 
top-level offense and a top-level defense. They're the, they're the second-best half-court defense in the NBA so far this year as well. So I think Joker, man, like his elevated play, man, it's just pushing him into conversations that I think we're just watching the best player in the world just dominate. And again, I think it's, it reminds me of watching LeBron James in his heyday. It reminds me of watching Jordan in his heyday that, you know, you just knew that they were able to bring their A game more consistently than almost anybody else. But on the other side of this, their level of control and their level of malleability, like meaning that whatever it is you're doing on your side of the ball, we can always find a way to adjust. We can always find a way to respond. That's kind of the, the era that it feels like we're in for Joker right now. And again, it's just paying off dividends because the team is winning. They're performing like one of the best teams in the NBA, if not the best team in the NBA when he's on the court. And then when he's off, obviously the Nuggets are struggling every so often because now you got Reggie Jackson moving into the starting lineup, which is what we're going to talk about in the third segment. But I think there's just a level that he's hitting right now that is just separating him from everybody else. And again, that's being shown in where the Nuggets are currently standing in the Western Conference as well. Uh, and I'm actually really excited because, you know, there's a host of games that are coming up that are going to be very difficult. And if the Nuggets want to maintain their place at the top of the West and they want to do what they've been doing all season, then it's going to require Joker to be able to maintain a certain level of play on a consistent basis. They got the Pelicans coming up, which we're going to dive into tomorrow, the Pelicans game in, in New Orleans. And then they're going to follow up on Sunday at 6 p.m. with the game versus the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland. Then they got Detroit. Then they got Orlando in Orlando. And then they have Houston and I believe another in-season tournament game. And then they come back home, play San Antonio. Like, that's just a lot of – and it's not even necessarily that the equality of the opponent is like anything stupendous, but it's the fact that the Nuggets are going to be on the road so much that they're going to be able – they're going to be able to rely on him and able to see some things from Joker that I think the situation is going to call for. And I think that's where you get special basketball. You get special basketball with special basketball players have to meet the standard of excellence and have to meet the adversity that's in front of them. So it's just been a great start for Joker, 30-14-8 and eight on 65 true shooting. He's been the best player in the world without, without question. He's the best scorer, arguably, in the NBA right now, the best rebounder in the NBA, and he's the best playmaker in the NBA, and his defense has been top-notch as well. Uh, so just an incredible, incredible season so far from Nikola Jokic. Just incredible. Uh, but y'all, uh, in segment two, you know, we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets and where they currently stand in the Western Conference. There's just been a lot of great things that have been done by them this year. And you had a great Minnesota Timberwolves, oh, not win, but they lost yesterday to the Suns. Uh, and then you have the Western Conference just kind of steadily keeping up. But you see some room for separation potentially on the horizon. We're going to talk about that in segment two. Y'all, FanDuel. Y'all, right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet with FanDuel. Now, again, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to say for sure, but you know that the Denver Broncos are currently, they're on a three-game winning streak. They just beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 
They just beat the Buffalo Bills, and they weren't favored in either one of those games. And then now you have an opportunity versus the Minnesota Vikings on, on Sunday night football to tap into the action. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. So we're back with segment two here at Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper. And, yo, we got to talk about the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference, man. Again, I think some people were speculating that the Nuggets were going to come into the season and look dominant. Some people were speculating that they won't uh, just because of the fact that they're coming off a championship hangover. But I've talked about this before. I, I think the Nuggets are in the 2015-16 Golden State Warrior back. Now, are they going to win 73 games? No, that's just not not on the table. That was an insane, insane year by the Golden State Warriors. But are 60 games off the table. 58 games are then off the table. And, again, a lot of this is about how much the Nuggets can separate themselves from their Western Conference contemporaries. And that way they can be best solidified come March like last year, come April like last year, where if they need to rest down the stretch, they need to get some guys just, again, ready for the playoffs, if they got any nagging little nicks and bruises and everything like that. How much are they willing to commit in accumulating wins now, in December, January, and February? Because November, December, January, February, that's the big bulk of the NBA season. And especially from December to February, if you're able to cash in on getting wins, playing high-quality basketball, playing together, communicating, talking, having sound rotations on defense, making good, good decisions on offense on the other end. You're able to adjust to different teams and coaching advantages, all this stuff. That's going to put you in a situation where you're going to continue to ride out being at the top of the conference. So, y'all, again, uh, we're going to do a check-in on the Denver Nuggets, 11 games to the year, uh, currently at a 117.7 offensive rating, uh, 108.6 defensive rating, with a plus-nine net ranking rating, which has them firmly in the number two spot in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets currently had the fifth best offense in the league, which I think, especially because of the bench, those numbers are being dropped down a little bit, and then obviously with the absence of Jamal Murray. But they also subsequently had the number six, number six defense in the NBA. This is, again, the Nuggets have not been this team. They've not been this team. You know, and I had a chance, like I said, to ask Michael Malone about this. Uh, I, think, I think this was game versus I can't remember which game it was. It was a post-game conference that we had. And I asked him about the defense in particular. He just talked about the commitment. Oh, it's a Utah Jazz game. Uh, the commitment and then riding the momentum of the playoff, riding the momentum of the uh, finals, all that stuff. And I think the fact that the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, I think the thing is, is that they're currently in a situation where they're just able to play on a string to a degree that they just quite, they haven't quite been able to reach before. And then on top of that, there's just never a situation where the Nuggets feel like they're out of it. And again, I know uh, Adam and Matt talked to you all about this, but even just watching the end of the Clippers game, five minutes to go, they're down seven points. 
and they're able to just basically do a plus 12 run from that point until when they get up five points uh, and then even have an opportunity to get a five again with Reggie Jackson at the line when they're up three. Like the Nuggets are just in a, you know, or up five at one point, and then ready to put them up seven. The Nuggets are just at a different point, I think, in the iteration of this team in the Michael Malone, Nikola Jokic era, where they have so much confidence and so much control of the game that even without Jamal Murray, which again, they need Jamal Murray to be a dominant championship team. But I think from a regular season standpoint, again, similar to 21-22, or even really that 2021 year when they didn't have Murray and they went over an 18-game stretch, they went 13-5 and with Michael Porter Jr. as the second-best player when he just went on this crazy run as a score. But I think if you just put in context, they have gone through so many periods where they've had to learn how to really lean in. The Magnificent Seven in the 2018 19 season, I believe. That might have been a 1920 before the bubble, too. I can't remember which exact season that was. Might have been 1819. Uh, the Magnificent Seven, they had seven people available uh, in the rotation. They're able to win that game. First playoff run they're in. The Spurs, they're down 1 0, about to be down 2 0. Jamal Murray had his first 20 point fourth quarter in the playoff setting. And then even through that, able to overcome the 3 1 deficits in the bubble versus Utah versus the Clippers. And then the next year, they don't have Jamal Murray, and then they still are able to win a first-round series. They don't have Murray and Porter the next year. They're able to get into the playoffs at the 16th. They have a DNA. Starts with Malone, Joker, Murray, Gordon, Porter, where when they're on the court together, man, there's just a belief and there's a buy-in system. And I think that's what continues to put them over the top. And again, tracking dunks and threes, the Nuggets have the second-best adjusted net rating in the NBA. But one of the most impressive things about what they're doing so far this year is that the Nuggets have the fourth best defensive effective field goal percentage allowed in the NBA. The Nuggets have the fourth best rim defense in the NBA. Y'all remember last year, they were one of the worst teams in the NBA in the percentage they allowed at the rim. But again, I think all the things, the habits that they built upon, all of the things that they learned about themselves from the months of late April to May and then into June, those things have just stuck. Now, they're not operating at the same height because you just can't do that like you would do an NBA Finals. But what they are doing is they have they committed to the principles and to the execution. And that way they recognize what high-level basketball is. So if they need to turn it on, they can do it. And again, the Nuggets... They're even the 11th best team in the mid in terms of mid-range efficiency allowed in the NBA. Uh, they're the sixth best three-point defensive team in the NBA. And they don't allow you to have a lot of attempts at the three-point line as it is. And then offensively, the Nuggets are the third, have the third best efficiency scoring offense in the league. They have the fourth best at the rim offense in the league. They have the best mid-range offense in the league. And then their three-point sh shot has just been drooping. So they're at 17th now. Uh inefficiency but a thing is man like there are just so many things that they're able to access now that they just didn't have access to before and so the nuggets also uh they're currently at the top of the west with a half game lead over the mavericks when they beat the mavericks 125 to 114 uh the timberwolves lost yesterday to the phoenix suns um so they're one game back and then the houston rockets are two games back okc's two games back and then the sacramento kings who demolished the Lakers yesterday, 
uh, they are two and a half game back as well. And again, the real competition for the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Suns, those teams are all six and six, six and six, and five and six right now. So they're kind of in the mud, and those teams are in a little bit of a rut, and their numbers also don't look great. So this is what I mean. Relative to the competition especially, the Nuggets right now, they're just cruising, and they're just able to put together really strong basketball performances that are allowing for them to continue to execute at a higher level than their opponent on any given night. So, again, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Y'all, in segment three, though, we're going to talk about the bench. Jalen Pickett got some time off the bench and didn't and played over Colin Gillespie. And so we're going to talk about if that's something that they can continue to rely on, if that's something they can continue to go to, and if that's the best option that they have. We'll be right back for segment three. Now, y'all, we spend a lot of time together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for the connection we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means. Bring on extended travel. Bring on a natural disaster. If it happens in your area or supply chain issue, you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Bravacio prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jake Medical. Go online right now at jagemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. So y'all, we're back here uh, locked on nuggets for our final segment. Thank you for joining us today. This is your host, Swiper. And y'all, we got to tap into the Denver Nuggets bench. Now, again, for sure, there had been some ups and downs, really high moments. Julian Strother, 21 points, 5 of 9 from 3. Peyton Watson blocks here and there, 3 straight versus the Memphis Grizzlies and Derrick Rose. Christian Brown, last game, streaking down the court. Hammer dunk in transition. Zeke Najee being able to switch out 1 through 5, getting a lot of key stock. You've had some really high moments. And you've also had some not-so-great moments as well. I get it. But what will be the actual best lineup for the Denver Nuggets bench while Reggie Jackson has to be with the starters? Now, this is what I'll say. I think with the backup point guard positioning, I was really encouraged by what I saw from Jalen Pickett this last weekend. And the reason is, is because Jalen is, or not weekend, but two days ago. Jalen is a bigger player in terms of a backup point guard. He's about six foot two and a half. He's very strong. He's a smart player. He's a good playmaker. And he's somebody that wants to play the right way. And when you have a young player that is able to get to his spots, 
wants to get people involved, wants to be a good playmaker, wants to be a good defender, and even is willing to put forth the effort in order to do that, that's a big deal. So versus the Clippers, Jalen, again, was two or three from the field, one or two from three. Now, he was a minus four in his minutes. He had two assists, had a steal, and he had two rebounds as well. Pickett just has this size mismatch over someone like Collins and Lefty, and I think that's what aids him so well in making sure that they're getting better quality basketball plays. Not that Collins isn't a good player. Collins smart. He wants to attack the rim. He wants to get downhill. He wants to create. You know, he's willing to take those little get the ball from Jokic, sidestep three-quarters and put them up. He definitely has the want to and even the will. But I think for what the Denver Nuggets do, I think Jalen fits it a little bit better. So here are the two options that I have for the bench. Peyton Watson's a lock. Christian Brown's a lock. Zeke Najee's a lock. I think Julian Strother will continue to move into being a lock, but right now, because he's a rookie, he's still going to have to fight fight to get where he needs to get uh, on some of these, uh, you know, making sure his rotations are tight, making sure he's hitting his shots, making sure he's not losing the ball, low turnover rate, all that stuff. That stuff's going to be stuff he struggled with because he's a rookie. But as he continues to grow and get there, I think he gets there. But this is what I'm saying. The Nuggets put a lineup out last game where they put Justin Holiday out there for a very short amount of time. Now, some of you follow me on Twitter. If you don't, make sure to go follow me at Swipe a Cam. I, I'm on Twitter. I talk on there every day. I put content out every day at some level. But one of the things I said when they signed Justin Holiday is that they have a six foot six player who doesn't have like great point guard skills. Like he's not a memorable point guard. But what he is is somebody who has really, really effective skills in switching and staying in front. And then on top of that, on the other end, he's a big enough player that he can be somebody who cuts well. He can be a player who moves well enough. And again, not a great shooter. Honestly, not like a super consistent form either. But he's also a player that I think that because he's so big, he fits the scheme for what the Nuggets are looking for way better, even than somebody like Collins. So if they run a lineup of Jalen Pickett, Julian Strother, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji, full bench unit, or they can run Justin Holiday, Julian Strother, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and then Zeke Naji, or if they're running their stagger, then they'll have, which would be Reggie Jackson right now. They can have Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji. I wouldn't hate. Justin Holiday being in that spot. Now, they're probably going to stagger Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Um, I actually think that with that unit, having because they don't have any real offensive threats besides Reggie Jackson, I actually think staggering Michael Porter would be really effective there. But on the other end is that I know they want to keep Michael Porter Jr. attached to Jokic as much as possible because when those two are on the court together, they're a dynamite offense. A dynamite offense. And so you don't want to take away from a strength uh, in order to mitigate some of the weaknesses and such that you have. And so even if you look at the lineup data, so for two-man lineup data, the Porter Jokic minutes, a 121 offensive rating and a 107.7 defensive rating in 11 games. And that pairing, they have a 60% true shooting. And so... They've been really freaking good. And so this is what I mean. But Aaron Gordon and Jokic, to be fair, also been like 
stupid elite, a 122 0 rating, 105 defensive rating, uh, plus 16.9 uh, total net rating, and then a 60 true shooting as well. But I think that if the, the bench is going to continue to struggle to score, it makes more sense for me. Jalen Pickett, Christian Brown, and Peyton Watson with Michael Porter Jr. and then with Zeke Naji. And then if you want to stagger, which I think they actually should look at, KCP, again, KCP and Joker are ball shows, 121-0 rating, 106 defensive rating, uh, plus 15 net rating. Uh, KCP, I think, is a good enough offensive player and a good enough ball handler that if you put him and Jalen Pickett with Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and Zeke Naji, or Aaron Gordon in there, uh, you know, for Peyton Watson or Christian Brown or even for Jalen. There, there's just ways that you can find that out. So Jalen Pickett, I think, is going to be the go-to guy uh, for the the young ones that I think are the ones that you actually need to be paying attention to. And I think he's the one that should get the time. And I think so just because he fits what the Denver Nuggets are doing. He fits their defensive scheme a little bit better. And, again, he's a good enough, like, again, playmaker and creator where he can subsidize some of the lack of value that you're not getting because Randy Jackson is not on the court to create for other people. And I think, man, some of this is just going to be that it's going to be ugly. And I think the thing is, is, you know, Malone talked about this a little bit in a press conference that he did. They're young. From game 12 on Friday to game 82 in April, that whole bench unit is going to take time to figure out and to learn how to play together. And Peyton Watson and Christian Brown, learning how, and Julian Strother, like learning how to utilize their skill sets on an NBA floor on a consistent basis. So I think that as time goes on, that's more than likely what it's going to be what Malone turns to because Joe Malone especially turns to defense. Can you get stops? Can you run when you get stopped? And then can you get enough half-court offense to run basic pick and rolls and it really just runs some sets where you can get going to the rim and create for other people on your team. And I think Michael Porter Jr. would be a really good fit there. So KCP, Michael Porter Jr., and Jalen Pickett, Christian Brown, and then Peyton Watson. There's something, I think, between that collection of players that I think actually fits best for what the Denver Nuggets are looking for. So I'm actually really excited because I think there's a lot uh, to take away from the last couple of games. Again, Losing versus the Rockets and then having a bad bench game versus the Warriors. And then this last game, having a better bench game than they did previously also helped them to win the game versus the Clippers. So I want to see more of that. want to see them continue to try more variations of these lineups in the early season, y'all. But make sure y'all like and subscribe and share, continuing to build up the Locked On Nuggets community, y'all. This is your host, Swiper. We will be back tomorrow for another solo show with myself as we preview the New Orleans Pelicans game tomorrow. I'll see y'all on the other side.